Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's Performance Space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Want to spend a summer Sunday laughing your cares away? Then come join the fun at San Francisco's Comedy Day. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs, and it's free. Besides our annual celebration of stand-up, did you know that Comedy Day offers workshops that teach Bay Area students how to use humor to resolve conflict? Comedy Day is so serious about ending bullying, it's banning all comedians from using the following phrases. Knee-slapping, side-splitting, break a leg, bust a gut, knock them dead. Those words hurt. But Comedy Day feels good. It's fun for the whole family. Did I mention it's free? Hey, comedy fans, don't miss the 37th Annual Comedy Day, the original longest-running free outdoor comedy concert in the world. The funny starts at noon on Sunday, September 17th at Sharon Meadow in Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. One stage, five hours, 40 comedians, a million laughs. It's free! Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fine dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Vendor's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers.
and welcome to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val. You're listening to to MutinyRadio.fm, coming at you from the Mission District of San Francisco. And uh, that was a actually the, the music you were just listening to is from an album called Songs from La Mission, uh, from the Thorn Emerges the Flower, um, a big compilation of artists, uh, including or these were all songs composed by Greg Landau. Um, and arranged by Camilo Landau, uh, Jeff Brennan and Greg Landau, um, and William uh, Devon, and uh, Francisco Herrera, who <laughs> on one of the songs, um, Francisco Herrera ran for mayor a couple years ago here in San Francisco, and did pretty well, actually. Um, he got something like 11,000 or 14,000 I don't remember exactly. Numbers aren't my game. I'm, a, I'm an English uh, language person myself, so numbers don't always stick with me. But um, And Camilo Landau, um, actually his mother, um, his grandfather, we can, it's, it's a women's magazine, we talk about his mom. Uh, his mom is Valerie Landau, and I actually went to, ended up going to Cuba with her a few years ago. We had a an expedition. It was, it was licensed. Um, this was before... The, the easing of relations under Obama. Um, we went in 2010 on this licensed research trip. And Cuba was really inspiring. I mean, okay, so you have to, you have to see like the black and the white of Cuba, right? You have the, the real dark side, which is the political oppression, uh, political prisoners, um, oppression of religion, uh, basically you don't get its say um, in, in how things operate. But on the other hand, uh, this whole vision that that the you know communists under Castro had, uh, which were to um, make sure that everybody was educated, um, you know they 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 leapt in literacy uh, just four years after um, the communist regime took over, um, and. It's like it's like amazing. Like ninety six percent of the of people in Cuba are literate, which is far above the United States, by the way. Um, and so you get free education, and then once you get to the higher level of education, uh, university or professional studies, uh, you have opportunities to go to other countries and and work and study. And there's a lot of um, exchange in Latin America. Um, also, um, healthcare which is a big, big thing that Americans can't seem to wrap their heads around that, you know, countries would actually provide health care and health coverage for free to uh, citizens. So in Cuba, the basically there's, it's, it's a pretty simple like tiered system. There's like a local medical clinic. It's called a family doctor. Um, everybody can go there anytime you need to. If there's something that they need to refer you out towards, they, they'll refer you out. Um, if there's something that is more serious and you they think that you know you need to actually go to a hospital or something, they they actually try to avoid surgery whenever possible, um, which is a very different culture from from this country. Whereas you know if you go and talk to a surgeon, they're going to say let's do surgery, um, but they actually try to use um, uh, traditional and medicinal. Um, herbs and flowers and uh, various healing um, approaches. They, they have a, a machine that will read your meridians. Um, they have a whole rehabilitation 
hospital um, where people who are recovering can go and um, you know relax and exercise and get treatment and they do like infrared treatment on the chakras um, and, but but they also <laughs> I know it's sounding kind of kind of hoodoo voodoo right but but the, but they also of course have the capabilities of performing, you know, surgeries and, and, and clean facilities and, and have these world-class doctors. Um, but it's a, it's a healthcare system that's built on the notion of prevention and, um, looking at it, looking at health as a, as a holistic thing. Um, unlike in our country where, uh, you can graduate from medical school with only ever having taken like one class in nutrition and uh, you're basically, you know, have to prescribe drugs that are, you know, come out in journals and are told, you know, telling you that they're effective drugs. Um, it's a big, 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 big business in the United States. Um, so that's that's my story about Cuba. And so uh, Valerie Landau uh, led that trip in 2010. Her son Camilo singing on songs from La Mission. Um, Valerie's father was Sal Lando, and he was the first um, American documentary filmmaker journalist to interview Fidel Castro and actually ended up be building quite a, um, a relationship. Um, so uh, a very interesting uh, place in time, uh, a timeless place, Cuba, in a way. So we'll see what happens uh, as they emerge back into, you know, contact with the United States. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing for, for them or <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. The U S kind of has a, a tainting effect on various places. I'm feeling a little cynical today, but uh, it's women's magazine. So we're here at mutiny radio and we get to do whatever we want to do. This is a free speech radio station. So I'm going to, I'm going to hop on that and say, you know, we have free speech in this country. Um, in Cuba, you do not have free speech. Uh, so we need to be able to exercise our rights, um, you know, live, live our rights, and make sure that we're looking out for one another and trying to create a better world where people are more free and people are healthy and educated. You listen to Women's Magazine. Te 
negro del alma Welcome back to Women's Magazine. So, in Texas, <laughs> here we are in San Francisco, in Texas, which of course, for many of us out here, seems like a world away, um, there, were, there was a, an incredible protest that was staged at the Texas Capitol. Um, and this is, a, I found this from an article on Fusion, and uh, by an by Rafi Schwartz, and it was posted just just this Wednesday. Uh, On Wednesday, a group of 15 teenage girls dressed in brightly colored gowns stood in front of the Texas State Capitol to participate in one of Latin America culture's most cherished traditions, the quinceanera. That's a 15-year-old's birthday party, coming-of-age party. where girls often have very big, poofy, beautiful dresses. And it's kind of like, it almost gets staged like a wedding without a groom. Um, But this quinceanera was more than simply a coming-of-age celebration. Instead, it was a public protest against one of the most viciously anti-immigrant pieces of legislation in Texas's recent history. We'll say recent history. SB4, the so-called Sanctuary Cities Bill. Uh, SB4 essentially forces Texas cities to comply with federal immigration law enforcement actions and has been one of the state's most hotly contested pieces of legislation all year, drawing comparisons to Arizona's infamous Papers, Please law and prompting massive protests. Dubbed Quinceanera at the Capitol, the protest was organized by Latino advocacy group JOLT, which describes itself on Facebook as a, quote, Texas-based multi-issue organization that builds the political power and influence of Latinos in our democracy. In the description for the protest on the Quinceanera at the Capitol Facebook page, organizers explained the following. In Latino culture, quinceañeras are an important tradition that highlights the bonds of family, community, culture, and bring people together through celebration. This is the spirit of the quinceañera at the Capitol event, to celebrate the resistance to SB4 by highlighting our commitment to our communities and culture. After all, SB4 isn't just about politics. It will sow fear and distrust into our communities and break apart our families. 
To resist this harmful and hateful law will draw on the incredible power within the very communities that SB4 will affect. The protest featured remarks from the teens, as well as a dance performance to the song Immigrants, We Get the Job Done from Lin-Manuel Miranda's Hamilton mixtape, and Los Tigres Tigres del Norte's um, Somos Más Americanos, choreographed by the girls. The teens then met with the Texas state lawmakers to advocate against SB4 and highlight its effects on Texas's immigrant communities. To those legislators who spoke out against the bill, the teens offered handmade flowers. And to SB4's authors, the girls shared information about the state's immigrant community. Some of the girls participating in the event are themselves reportedly undocumented immigrants. Remember, these girls are 15. Minors. The group is also using SB4 as a way to rally the state's uh, Latina population to hold lawmakers more accountable in future elections. Quote, uh, For us, it's not just this one day of action to celebrate our culture and community, to answer hate with love and pride. That's the Jolt founder and executive director, Christina Sitsun. Sitsun, I can't pronounce that, I'm sorry. Explained uh, over the phone. She continued, It's also really the launching of a long-term movement to build power for the Latino community, to win our community the respect and dignity that we deserve, because we make up 40% of the state's population. Legislators think that they can pass a far-reaching anti-immigrant, anti-Latino bill without consequence, and we want to show that the exact opposite is true. Around two, according uh, to Jolt, around 250 people showed up to rally with the teens on the steps of the Texas Capitol building on Wednesday. Uh, some people said that it was the best protest event they'd ever been to, that it was the most inspiring because it also was a call to action, but was done in a way that used art as power to show that resistance is beautiful. So, resistance is beautiful. We're going to go on that. Thanks for that fusion article, uh, Rafi Schwartz. You're listening to Women's Magazine.
Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. I'm Global Val here on MutinyRadio.fm. Again, some more music from Songs from La Mission, um, produced and arranged by Greg and Camila Landau, which I believe is an uncle and nephew relationship. Um, But I've got a a guest on my show this afternoon, on our show here. It's yours and mine. And uh, welcome to the show, Rogue. Hello. Welcome back to Mutiny Radio. You, you came in last week, um, having been up at the Rainbow Family Gathering in Oregon. Of course, met Diamond Dave, who, you know, connects uh, lots and lots of dots. Um, so I'm glad to see you back here for a second week in a row. And um, we've, got, we've got a little, you got something to share today that a friend of yours posted. And I think it's uh, an important topic that you brought up. So yeah, for what, sure. what's going on? So uh, the topic is vagina. And uh, just to give you a little background information, the person who posted this is a Burning Man friend of mine, fabulous tall redhead who has the most amazing costumes and 
you know, she's a woman that I look up to for good advice. She's a woman who accepts my good advice. We have a really good friendship. Um, and so uh, everybody calls her Susie Q. And so Susie Q um, posted today about vaginas and just being frustrated that we use that blanket word to mean, according to her, I'll read you her rant. It begins, rant. Vagina. I am so very tired of the misuse of this word, often being applied to anything south of the border, not furthering any cause, simply showing ignorance of anatomy. Boys and girls, you are more likely to describe or refer to the mons pubis or clitoris or urethra, or possibly even the labia. But gosh and darn, the vagina is either not what you think it is or not where you think it is. Ladies, we are more complicated. It is not just a wobbly stick with a tube. <laughs> it is a whole lot of bits and pieces that come together to make the pelvic, urinary, and reproductive system. You do not shock by the use of the big V word. You demonstrate your ignorance of anatomy. And so then she had posted this really wonderful drawing and it's got like tons of arrows and tons of names for all the bits. Um, it's, it's a little small for me to read, but there, there are things like mons pubis and glands of the clitoris as well as the prepuce of clitoris and the frenulum of clitoris I had no idea that there were three different parts to the clitoris did you well I mean not in the not with the, with the scientific names necessarily mm -hmm. but there's you know the hood the head and um, I, I well you know I ended up taking um, when I was when the, I went to UC Santa Barbara and there was an, an upperclassman uh, class of human sexuality. And I had, I mean, I had had sex education since the fifth grade. And I was even, I was even in private Catholic school as, as, you know, as a young person. So they did sex education, um, you know, from like age 10 all the way through high school. Um, so, you know, I felt, you know, mostly educated, but um, when I took this, human sexuality class um it really um well it was just so much more it was taught by a, this professor couple and i would say they were probably in their 50s or or so late 50s ish 60s something or other and they were just wonderful and they it'd be like you know if you were to sit down with your great aunt or something and you know and they would just say everything that you wouldn't expect uh, to come out of their mouths <laughs> and it was beautiful and you know of course we had a textbook too so you know I kind of had the benefit of 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 having that whole lecture for a semester or for a quarter um, but it, but I often think about how much uh, sex education is lacking and and wanting people to um, wanting young people to be able to have access to this information instead of just growing up in a culture where you know it's just you know it's just we're sexualizing people but not necessarily educating them about it mm. i don't know um what kids are getting taught now of days or whether it's because i was from a small town in connecticut 
but I didn't even know until about two years ago that pee didn't come out of my vagina. <laughs> yeah, the, the urethra, right? I just thought it all came out of there, you know? So embarrassing. Well, but it's it, and and I think that's part of the problem is that we're taught that it is embarrassing and that you shouldn't talk about it, and you know shouldn't let people touch you and you shouldn't like touch yourself, you know, which is the weirdest one. Um, you know, I've had people talk of you know kind of older generation people and they're like I can't believe that a doctor saw my vagina before I saw my own and you know it's really it's really true it's kind of this uh, you know this whole like you know keep it separate like don't talk about it don't you know it's and and it's and it's really ridiculous um uh, so I'm glad that your friend Susie Q there was was trying to like put stuff out there um to let people know because I remember also um, just a little bit of the my my radio influence as a kid there used to be a show on Live 105 uh, here in San Francisco called Hibernia Beach do you remember that show Roman? yeah I loved it it was a fantastic show right? Like people would call in with, it was kind of like the early love line, like before love line showed up on the it like showed up at the same station. It was like the early love line where people would call up and they'd be like, uh, I can't have sex. And they're like, well, what's wrong? You know? And he's like, well, I'm like, you know, rubbing on my girlfriend and this and that. And he's like, well, have you like tried, like, is it, you know, she'd be like, oh, I'm, you know, it hurts when I have sex. It's like, well, are you, are you properly lubricated? Like, are you wet? Are you excited before you start? You know, or is your girlfriend, you know, are you like doing enough for your girlfriend to make sure that she's ready for you to like enter? Her? And, oh, well, I didn't know. You know, it's like you just don't, people don't know. <laughs> so, uh, Hibernia Beach was an awesome show. Uh, and I remember staying up like late at night. It was a late night show and, you know, lights would be off, but my radio would be on like really low next to my head. Um, so certainly influenced by that. But I just remember being exposed to so many questions that I, and, and answers to questions that I had never even like crossed my own mind. So, um, yeah, like we need, we need more conversation. We need more education. Um, uh, because you know, it's our, our human bodies. It's, it's a, the most natural thing that we have going for us <laughs> even more so than our environments um yeah kind of wild good point i think we can i especially get way up in my head and forget to ground in your own body and love your body and you know all that love your vagina <laughs> yeah be good to your vagina okay only put organic tampons all up in there yeah, or pads or whatever you use. Or Diva like, cups. Yeah, there's this whole new revolution of evolution of uh, healthier alternatives to, you know, those horrendous smelling, uh, toxic laden um, tampons and, mm. and pads that have been on the market for decades and decades and decades. Um, I was really surprised to see in multiple cabinets here in San Francisco enlightened women with uh, toxic tampons. It happens because sometimes it's all that's available. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we're talking about, I was talking about quinceañeras earlier. Um, I, you know, I've some I've gone to Mexico a few times, and 
you know, there's certain cultures where it's even more so like hidden, like, like tampons are not acceptable. You know, there's a lot of Asian cultures and a lot of Latin American cultures that are like, don't use tampons. And I always kind of had this idea that it was like this like male thing, you know, like, don't do that. Don't put anything in your vagina, like, you know, whatever. Um, you know, don't intrude your body with it. And there's some kind of sense to that. But at the same time, um, it was kind of like shameful. Like you couldn't get tampons. Like if you went to the store, you're like looking around and they don't have them. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, no, we don't sell them. And the, and the pads are like over in the back corner. Like this is like out of sight, out of mind. So culturally it happens a lot. I mean, actually though, the last time I was in Mexico and and it, I guess it's a place that maybe more more Westerners are going to so they've maybe changed a little bit um, but they did have tampons available not that I bought them but they were there um, and they weren't like hiding that section as much so that was just over the past like I'd say maybe like three or four years of difference Interesting. Um, so you know this this mindset can change this opening can change um, and one of the things you were here last week um, Rogue and I was talking about prisons because it was mm-hmm. Bastille Day mm-hmm. and how there's a, a new bill that's been proposed by Elizabeth Warren and Cory Booker to try to get um, federal prisons to provide sufficient and quality quality, and quality feminine hygiene products um, to women who are in federal prison. Mm-hmm. And you kind of jumped on that word quality, right? Yeah, I love that they worked that in there because once the bill passes, can use that to argue for women getting organic products so yeah right on yay yes <laughs> here's to happy vagina health everybody and um yay. and self-love and you know good whatever kind of sex you want to have <laughs> this is women's magazine
gonna be waiting for you, girl been listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val here in the Mission District and music songs from La Mission. Uh, a very cool album if you get a chance to pick it up. You can check it out at Round World Records. And when I say world, it's like spinny world. Like, okay, so Round, R-O-U-N-D, World, W-H-I-R-L-E-D records round world records.com and uh, look for songs from la mission mission um yeah it's been a great day i'm glad to be here stay tuned for common thread collective which is coming up next and uh, we have a very special guest on common thread collective including yourself uh, if you want to come down to 21st in florida but at four o'clock we're going to be talking to the new Poet Laureate of San Francisco, Kim Shuck. So happy Friday, everybody. It's July 21st, 2017. I'm going to read you a poem and then I'm going to say so long for now. This is called The Girl Builds. The girl builds her temple of sticks and rocks and sand, carefully arranging the tower of twigs. She even builds a sundial. She spreads her feet and begins to click the rocks together, looking for a spark. Man and boy stand off to the river and destroy rocks that are even bigger, throwing them until two becomes one, or one becomes two, or more. 
dislodging and tossing, dislodging and tossing, dislodging and tossing until their arms grow sore. But the girl builds. And the lady lingers riverside, warm rocks to soothe the bones and nerves of she who sees the light through closed eyes and feels the flowing at her feet through her toes and deep into the earth, wishing for weather to always take its course. Peace, y'all. I'm Global Val, and lots of love to you out in the world. Thanks for doing what you do, and uh, stay tuned. As I said, Common Thread Collective is coming up next, and uh, it's going to be a good time, so we hope you'll stick around and join us. And uh, just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like if you're an undocumented 15-year-old girl who looks beautiful in her quinceanera dress and wants to go protest at the state capitol, remember, inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. When I first saw you, baby, I felt that look in your eye. It touched me deep inside, but I didn't know why. You reached inside my heart and opened up a Ding, ding, ding.